0: like we're at the hockey rink right now getting pumped up for the next period of hockey and that's what we're talking right now we are talking hockey from a bit of a different angle i'm very proud to say i'm from saskatchewan and i'm always very proud of the roots that we see from saskatchewan that make their way into the nhl because we have for years had a significant chunk of the players that are in the nhl the sad reality is though that number is shrinking And so that's what we're going to be talking about next. Joining me is a Regina-grown author who is now Professor Emeritus at the University of Massachusetts Amherst, who hasn't forgotten his roots. Neil Longley, who is from Regina and Saskatchewan originally, has written a book called A Whole New Game, Economics, Politics, and the Transformation of the Business of Hockey in Canada. And Neil joins us this morning. From his home in Las Vegas, I bet you're not missing Regina temperatures over the last week, Neil.
1: <laughs> I, I am definitely not, Evan. It's a, it's a nice, warm, sunny day here in Vegas as as is usual in January. So no, I've got reports, and and uh, kind of glad I'm here for the moment.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it was icy here for for a while, but it's 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 getting milder now. We're 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 thawing out a little bit. So what sparked this book for you, Neil?
1: Well, I think having really several things. One is growing up in Regina, lifelong hockey fan. Um, I, I think is as, as is standard for, for most people growing up in Regina. But, uh, as my, as my career path went, uh, I became an economist and I began to realize at a certain point that I could actually study the economics of professional sport leagues. So it was sort of a natural for me, uh, with hockey. And that was really the beginnings of it. And I think the, the other part, more related to the book, is, is that I look back and, and, and said there's been profound changes in the game I knew when I was growing up. Everything from where the franchises are located, where the players are coming from, the nature of the league, the NHL itself, and tried to kind of start to, to, to make some sense as to why those things had, had changed so profoundly.
0: We're talking today with Neil Longley, who is an economist and a professor emeritus at the University of Massachusetts Amherst, written a book called A Whole New Game, Economics, Politics and the Transformation of the Business of Hockey in Canada. Now, you talk about the American domination of hockey in your book. We've always kind of touted hockey as Canada's game. Is that changing? And if so, why?
1: I, I think it is changing, and I think it, it, it's it's changed throughout the last 30 years in particular. I think when, in, in my view, um, we go back to the early 90s, the game started to change in a way that was driven much more by the economics, much more by its presence here in the U.S. And that was, year you recall, the time when Gary Bettman became commissioner. Gary Bettman uh, had the NBA pedigree. I think he brought a lot of the mindset of of a of, a, of an American type league. Uh, branding was critical, and I think what was also critical was was really selling the entertainment. Uh, obviously, hockey is not it has not been a game that has had the same kind of roots in the U.S. that it has had in Canada. So something different had to be sold. I think the other thing that happened here is is that uh, Gary Bettman knew in order to become Uh, a significant player in the U.S. market, he really had to ensure that franchises were all in all of the major TV markets. So, you know, at least the top 10, top 12 kind of thing. I think it's one of the reasons why we see uh, the Coyotes uh, stay in the Phoenix area because he doesn't want to lose that market. So a lot of these national TV contracts are very dependent on the NHL being in these top uh, markets for, for the major networks.
0: Chatting with Neil Longley, uh, an economist and author of a new book based on basically the business of hockey. The economics of hockey has has evolved a lot. Do you think, Neil, it's evolved more than the game itself?
1: I, I think it has. You know, as, as fans, we all see changes in the game. But yes, I think the behind-the-scenes changes uh, are even more profound. And I go in, back in the book, Evan, you know, really to... Uh, 1967, where I see some of this beginning, the NHL doubled in size and went from the so-called original six to 12 teams. Very quickly, we've seen the rise of the World Hockey Association, which was a rival league to the NHL, and they put franchises in Edmonton, you know, the Oilers, Winnipeg, the original Jeff. They brought hockey to the prairies. Um, there was this mass influx of franchises and those those clubs needed players. The NHL was expanding. The WHA arrived. And uh, the franchise like the Winnipeg Jets and WHA said, hey, we're going to go to Europe. We're going to go to Sweden and Finland and find players there. They hadn't generally been in the league before that. So the, the whole European, the movement to European players really started back then, and it changed the style of play of the game. And, uh, one of the things I I talk about in the book is how, to some extent, maybe that change in the style of play away from a more, uh, physical, uh, style of play where, where where every player on the ice side would have to look after themselves to a much more open, flowing game. You know, maybe that has uh, resulted in, uh, a reduction in the Saskatchewan player in the NHL. And I think that, uh, one of the things that was profound to me is is that there has been a substantial reduction uh, in the presence of Saskatchewan players, percentage-wise at least, in the league over the last 50 years.
0: You know, it's it's interesting. If you're a hockey fan, and I am a big hockey fan, there's lots of books, lots of literature out there on about the evolution of the game. Your book, again entitled The Whole New Game, Economics, Politics, and the Transformation of the Business of Hockey in Canada, looks at it, through that economic lens, which is which is just so unique, but I think it gives us a, a, a deeper understanding of how the game has transformed. I want to get to the Saskatchewan stuff in a second, but before we get off the, the timeline, you, you lay out kind of the, the timeline and how this changes. As an economist, I found it interesting that you noted in 1980, the Trudeau government was adopting an energy policy that alienates Western Canada. Why is that important in this discussion?
1: Well, I think it's important of I mean, because I saw the, the the rise of the WHA, which was really uh, centered in my mind on the prairies. Uh, there was also going to be a franchise in Calgary that didn't get off the ground originally, uh, but Edmonton and Winnipeg certainly so. And it was it was an era where um, there was a lot of tension um, between the Alberta government and the Trudeau federal government, much of it surrounding energy policy. And and I think to me it was a pushback to the, to the so-called Eastern establishment. And the WHA also had a lot of elements of that. The NHL, they didn't want to place franchises in Edmonton or Winnipeg. Um, and Winnipeg. That, that wasn't really in their interest. Uh, but they were in the end forced to because the WHA came along and started competing for players like Bobby Hull. And eventually, um, you know, those franchises on the prairies, uh, Winnipeg, Edmonton, and Calgary soon followed transferring to Atlanta, Kind of came in what I call through the back door. The NHL didn't want them there, but they uh, they kind of forced their way in. And to some extent, I see an analogy there with that sort of new Alberta um, kind of breaking away from from somewhat of the the hinterland status, if you if you will, to to emerging as a major player. And the Prairies emerged as a major player. The Battle of Alberta. Some of your listeners are old enough may remember that was that was classic, and it put the Oilers and the Flames on the hockey map just as um, Alberta was was being put on the map politically in, in the country.
0: Neil Longley is my guest who's from Regina originally. Regina grown. We're proud of that. We like to tout that every once in a while, Neil. Uh, but uh, <laughs> author, economist, professor, emeritus at the University of Massachusetts Amherst and we're talking about the new book. So You got my attention with the hockey theme, and then when you started talking about Saskatchewan and the decline of the number of players in the NHL from our province, it really caught my attention. I'm a die-hard, period, die-hard, exclamation point, New York Islanders fan. So for me, what? Crickets? Frank, really? You're playing crickets now? So for me, Gillies, (laughs) Trottier, Bourne, I mean, these are Saskatchewan kids, that made it into the NHL in a big way. They became, you know, all-stars for sure. So help us understand where did this transformation happen? At one time, I think you you state in your book, 26% of NHL players were from Saskatchewan. So what's happened?
1: Yeah, and, and that number, when I went back and looked at the numbers, I knew growing up there was a lot of players from Saskatchewan, but I didn't realize the numbers were that high. So the the number you quote, Evan, yeah. 20, in 1950-51 NHL season, 26% of the players are from Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan made up only 6% of the Canadian population, and back in those days, of course, all the players were Canadian. So hugely disproportionate presence. And I guess for me, one of the trying to figure out why that was so, and I think there was some natural advantages. Um, it, it was uh, long, cold winters. Uh, you know, as, as uh, all of you're experiencing right now. Uh, it was born before the proliferation of artificial ice. So there was, and it was a rural based economy. I think those are the kinds of things that really played in the Saskatchewan producing top quality hockey players. The game back then as well, as I said earlier, was a, was a different game. It, it was a more physical game. Every player, I mean, even, you know, you mentioned Clark Gillies, Gordie Howe in the era before that, Eddie Shore, these are all Hall of Famers. These were players that could look after themselves on the ice. They weren't just high talented players. They could certainly look after themselves. And I think part of that change occurred, as I mentioned earlier, when the nature of the style of play started to change. And we can trace that back the early stages to the 70s, the rise of the European players. Um and eventually as we evolve here through more of the present day changes in the rules really a lot of the things that were you were able to do on the ice back in previous eras were no longer allowed. And so I think in some sense the Saskatchewan players forte of being able to play that very physical game. I also draw an analogy with Northern Ontario. There's a lot of players from Northern Ontario then as well who who played a similar style of game, that started to become a less demand. And I think that was that was a that was a big reason. And um issues were Started to see more players come from very large urban environments. Uh, and I think to some extent the benefits Saskatchewan had in the early days of being a more rural environment and producing players perhaps started to become a bit of a disadvantage. Uh, so players in the greater Toronto area were starting to see here in the last 10 or 15 years, uh, a much more, uh, a much more large presence than, um, than we used to see. And, you know, I go back in, in, in the book, and some of your listeners may recall or sort of heard of the, the last time the Leafs won the Stanley Cup in 1967. All Canadian roster, many players from Ontario, one player only from Toronto, from the greater Toronto. So Toronto was not producing players back then. But right. We've seen, you know, obviously the rise in American players in the league. So I think, I, I don't think it was anything... Um, that went wrong in Saskatchewan. I think it was just a, a kind of a natural evolution of a lot of events that has caused that, that pretty significant decline.
0: Neil Longley, my guest, talking about his uh, newest book, A Whole New Game, Economics, Politics, and the Transformation of the Business of Hockey in Canada. Neil, we've only got a couple minutes left. Before I let you go, w- let's talk about the future of saskatchewan's nhl involvement do you see have we have we hit a have we hit a plateau or are we going to continue to see a decline in both saskatchewan and canadian players in the nhl
1: i think we've we've probably hit a plateau it's always difficult to predict the future but i from from my data it looks like it's leveled out in the last several years so i wouldn't necessarily anticipate uh, a major decline moving forward uh other than the you know perhaps the continued decline in um the overall representation of Canadian players as a whole, and I think the u s born players are are kind of quietly coming up the middle and increasing their numbers um, pretty substantially over the last ten years, so it'll be interesting to see where that heads, whether that levels off uh you know I think the European numbers are probably going to hold uh relatively constant so it seems to me more or less of a steady state right now. Most of those dynamic changes have already happened.
0: Neil, this has been a great talk. I feel like we could go on forever. But uh, are you, by the way, a Vegas Knights fan?
1: I've sort of become one peripherally. <laughs> uh, it's hard to live here and not be.
0: Yeah. I
1: mean they have done they've done some kind of a job on the marketing end of it to a fan base that really, uh, you know, five six years ago didn't really have. Uh, a whole lot of awareness of, of the hockey world but yeah it's it's kind of hard not to be uh i lived in as you mentioned lived in massachusetts for over years was actually a brewing season ticket holder for a while as well so but um island going back island a huge islander fan as a kid growing up in regina
0: nice thank like you boy, i like it <laughs> neil thanks so much for your time today and uh, the book is great i encourage people to go out and scoop it up so appreciate you giving us some time
1: Thanks, Kevin.
0: Appreciate it. Neil Longley, the author of the book, A Whole New Game, Economics, Politics, and the Transformation of the Business of Hockey in Canada, available at a bookstore near you. You're listening to 980-CJME and 650-CKOM. Don't you love her ways? Tell me what you say. Don't you love her as she's walking out the door? You know, this is the problem of having a tech-off who's a Phillies fan across the glass from me, who's an Islanders fan, but I don't control the sounds. I just control the words that come out of my mouth. So as I'm talking with Neil Longley moments ago, and I try and give accolades to the Islanders, Frank likes to insert the cricket sound. (laughs) I like it always appreciate people willing uh, to text in and weigh in on the conversations we're having. I was just talking about the, the changes the provincial government made when it comes to harm reduction. Shane from Regina texted in saying, Evan, I think you've got it wrong with harm reduction. I'm a survivor of being punctured by a user's needle. Walking down the street with my wife, I had a needle go right through the bottom of my shoe and directly into my foot. I of course, had to go through a bunch of tests and all of those types of things. So basically what, what Shane's saying is we have needles in our playgrounds and on our streets and our sidewalks. Is it too much to ask that you get a free needle when you bring your dirty needle back? And I get it, Shane. I actually went through the tests and the cocktail of drugs. I got poked by a needle when I was doing a prisoner search as a police officer. So that side of it is not good. And these these needles being scattered about our back alleys and our playgrounds are a safety issue for sure it's it's to me i i feel like we can't we shouldn't have to say we've got to pick one or the other the harm reduction side of it and the number of people that are struggling with addictions overdosing and dying or having serious health complications is also an issue and so to me i don't love the idea of trying to divide a wedge and say okay you pick which one you want lots of text though in on on this harm reduction discussion and always appreciate you weighing in right here on 980 cjme and 650 ckom